0: gift biz unwrapped episode 293
1: and it's never to sell because nobody goes to these platforms with the intention of buying things they go there to either be entertained or informed or to feel connection and to build relationships
2: Attention, gifters, bakers, crafters, and makers. Pursuing your dream can be fun. Whether you have an established business or are looking to start one now, you are in the right place. This is Gift Biz Unwrapped, helping you turn your skill into a flourishing business. Join us for an episode packed full of invaluable guidance, resources, and the support you need to grow your gift biz. Here is your host, gift biz gal,
0: Sue Monheit. Hi there, it's Sue. Thanks for joining me here today. As you might imagine, as the holidays creep closer, it gets harder and harder to find time for my guests to come on the show and do an interview. Since this is the experience that I've seen, I've already recorded quite a few upcoming shows. And I have to tell you, there are some amazing conversations coming up. So, hit the subscribe button right now because honestly, you don't want to miss a single one of these, including today's. But before we get into that, I want to update you on what's going on in my private community, Gift Biz Breeze. Each year at this time, we run posts highlighting your holiday products that are available for purchase. Based on interactions and requests I've seen in the group, we're taking this a step further with the introduction of the buzz book. The first version has been out now for a few weeks, and I'm hearing such uplifting stories about how it's working, just as intended. The buzz book is a compilation of small handmade business owners like you and provides a way for you to support each other. You can do this by purchasing from each other, of course, but it goes much deeper than that. This is a way to connect with people who make a product similar to yours to discuss the nuances of your industry. It's a way to easily get in touch with fellow breezers in your local community so that you can get together for one-on-one coffee chats or even establish a more formal face-to-face networking type meeting. It's also a way to create collaborations. I've seen local brick-and-mortar shops reach out to regional makers to display their products in-store. This helps increase their visibility during a very challenging time. I've also watched freezers get together and do virtual shopping shows, offering different but compatible products, thereby getting exposure to each other's audiences. And let's face it, this going live thing is a lot easier when you do it with somebody else. Which reminds me, did you see the Facebook Live interview I did on Comment Sold? It's over in my Instagram account at giftbizunwrapped. This will help you see how easy and efficient your live streaming sales shows can be. Stay tuned for a podcast episode all about comment Sold as well. But no time to wait with the holidays coming, so make sure and go check out that IGTV. The things we can do through our connections together is far greater than what we can achieve on our own. So, getting back to the buzz book, it facilitates that and it's totally free. For more details and to learn how to be listed, join the Gift Biz Breeze Facebook group. All the details along with a video talking more about the program are right there separated as a special unit for easy access. Moving into the show today, I challenged Bobby to tell us exactly what we need to be doing online right now to attract sales. She reminds us of something really important. The majority of people don't go into their social media accounts to buy. We're so focused on our businesses, I think we forget that. So, what do you do? Bobby to the rescue! Today, I am so excited to bring back on Bobby Bainey. She was on an episode way back when. I don't even remember what episode it was. But guess what? We weren't talking about social media. But today we are. Bobby is the president of Think Big Go Local, a digital marketing firm specializing in social media, web design, and messenger bot creation. She's passionate about sharing her knowledge with businesses that need an edge over their competitors and a solid strategy for capturing the attention of their desired audience. Bobby delivers actionable tactics that business owners are looking for to develop and execute effective marketing strategies. In her own authentic style, she illustrates the most effective ways to reach and engage online audiences providing valuable recommendations on how to convert them into loyal, paying customers. Bobby's been published in Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, the Chicago Tribune, and is a TEDx speaker. Bobby, welcome back to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast.
1: Hi, Sue. It is so great to be here and to hear your voice again.
0: I know. It's like we're not that far away in distance, but given the times, we're really far away because we can't see each other.
1: (laughs) It feels further than normal, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) I know. And it was nice that we were able to see each other right before lockdown. We got Robin's event in the week before everything shut down. Yeah,
1: we were right there on the edge.
0: Right under the gun, because I remember that we weren't sure if we should give hugs or shake hands at the event because things were just coming down. Nobody knew what was going on.
1: Exactly. And we all made it out of there in one piece. So grateful.
0: (laughs) Yes, that seems like eons ago, and it's been less than a year. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
1: So glad to say bye to 2020.
0: (laughs) Yep, it's on the way out. But let's make it a smashing, fabulously glorious End of the year. How about that?
1: Absolutely. There's still lots and lots of time that we need to focus on making sure our businesses are ending strong. True.
0: How has business changed for you given this last year since I last saw you?
1: It was really interesting. And I feel like we've made some really monumental shifts over and over again, kind of since this pandemic hit. The first thing that I found to be pretty interesting was when lockdown started and everybody realized that they were losing their opportunity to do in-person networking and to do their normal sales and things like that. All of a sudden, so many business owners were in a panic because they had put off what I think is one of the greatest ways to grow your business. And all of a sudden realized they needed to shift strategies. They needed to find a new way to communicate. And so our first two months of what, I don't know, let's call it lockdown or working from home, we really decided we had to spend trying not to operate out of fear because everybody was so nervous about what this was doing to the economy. And we were seeing, I'm sure what a lot of other people experienced, kind of a fall off of certain customers that were already on the edge and things. But what we realized we needed to do was just offer our support to our fellow small business owners who were truly in a panic and were going to need more resources. We were already pretty accustomed to working in the digital space. The tech didn't make us nervous. Getting in front of cameras didn't make us nervous. But all of those things were making our clients flip out because now they needed to utilize that because it was all that was left to get in front of customers. We spent a ton of time developing strategies and classes to help people figure out how do I go live on Facebook? How do I go live on Instagram? How do I set up Zoom meetings? What are all these tools that I need? How do I set up my cameras, my lighting? People can't hear me. All of these things that I felt like I'd been preaching for years, all of a sudden people had to pay attention to. So we just made it our sole mission for a couple months just to offer as much help as we could. Because there was just so much change happening. Yeah.
0: I've heard this over and over again. I knew I was supposed to be doing it. I'd heard about Facebook Live before. I understand why I should. I'm anxious about doing it. I'll put it off. I'll put it off. I'll put it off. Right. And then all of a sudden, it, when it becomes the only thing that you can really do to communicate, at least initially, when we were really locked down, now we're, some of us are able to come out, et cetera. I feel like the field thing that can poke your head up. What is it? What's that animal?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I want to say groundhog.
0: The groundhog. Like, I feel like the groundhog that can pop its head out, look around, see what the status is, and then you either get to come out or go down. Yeah, exactly. At that point, as I'm thinking, it wasn't just the fear, which we all have of going live when you first start doing it, but the whole tech thing, like you're saying there's fear, there's
1: technology, and then there's strategy. So
0: you know that you don't just jump
1: on and go live and get off and that's it. I mean, that's great if you've got a gigantic following that just sits there waiting for you to go live. But for most of us, It involves a little bit more work, letting people know when you're going to go live, what value you're going to offer, when is it going to happen, somehow setting reminders or countdowns, how to repurpose afterwards and get more eyeballs on that video. And there's just a whole strategy. And I think one of the lessons that I learned just in a really obvious way, but that I hope other business owners were learning too, is when we see these technologies become available and really create opportunity for us, We really can't afford to wait for so many reasons. One of the reasons I never thought I'd be saying is because a pandemic might hit and you might need this stuff. (laughs) That was not (laughs) why I thought people were going to need it. But just the opportunities to kind of jump in when the algorithm is being really favorable to some of these tools. And I wish people would have listened when we were saying, hey, do this. Because then when this unforeseen thing came into play, people who'd already embraced that were like, woo, I am golden. I've got a strategy and I'm just going to spend more time doing this. Other people were just in a panic and frustrated and scared, trying to then learn something new in a really stressful, anxiety-filled time of their lives.
0: So I'm going to ask you a question that you have to answer honestly. With all the compassion in the world, didn't a little part of you be like, I told you so?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. I'm sure I even said it a few times. Not with judgment, like you said, or malice, but oh my gosh, you guys, I told you you needed to be creating this kind of content which is why we decided, okay, we're just going to start doing live classes so you can do live Q&As and let's get you all into this place so that you have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I felt that way.
0: And have you seen a lot of people then take it to heart and really start doing live?
1: I have. I think a ton. And Facebook is telling us too, the use of Facebook has been up dramatically since COVID hit. For people who thought maybe that platform is becoming less relevant not true. This was kind of a real boost for their usage and it caused a lot of change and they rolled out a lot of things. Yeah, I think a lot more people are using those tools because we don't have a whole lot of other choices. And Facebook, I have to give them credit. Sometimes I think they're slow on certain things, but they have sure ramped up opportunity and tools for small businesses over the last
0: six to nine months. And we've got to thank them for that because where else would we have been to your point? Exactly. Let's dive into the holiday stuff right now. It's really important for all of us to recognize that when so many people start talking about the same thing, because I've been preaching live from the standpoint of this is how you differentiate yourself because no one can be like you. Other people might be able to sell candles or pottery And they might have a little bit of a different technique in terms of the output of the product. But there's no place where anyone can be just like you versus you showing your personality. And the best way to show your personality is when you're live. Absolutely. There's so much opportunity and so much advantage. And I know it's scary. I know it's hard for people to think about doing this themselves. And the pandemic kind of pushed us into it because it's either this or nothing.
1: Right. It's interesting, too, that you mention that because I have this story that I'll share really quickly about going live on Facebook, and it was really a lesson to me. I'm involved in a local music festival that we do here in my community, and I do the marketing and the social media, and I also MC the events. It was appropriate for me to go live on behalf of the organization that does this music festival and talk about the event as a way to get people excited, tell them who the talent's going to be, who are our sponsors, what the day's going to look like, who's doing food. So I would go live every week for about four weeks before the event, and I would just be talking about what people can expect and we had a lot of local people tune in. And when I would see them, I'd acknowledge them, answer their comments, that sort of thing. Well, when the event took place and I got out there, it was so ridiculous. People were stopping me all day. Oh, Bobby, you told me to introduce myself. If I saw you out here. Or thank you for sharing this piece of information. I would have never come had you not said that. The thing that was so interesting about it is, one, it was so cool. I got to meet so many people I didn't know in the community. But the people that I met actually felt like we knew each other, that we were friends and had a relationship. And from the moment they introduced themselves, it was so different than meeting a stranger. And it was truly the power of people watching you and starting to feel that emotional connection. Hey, I can relate to this woman for whatever reason. It was just really, really powerful to see how much power that relationship building aspect of showing who you are in that unique way really, really has people want to connect. They don't want to look at your logo. They want to understand who you are and connect with you and feel like they have something in common. And live is one of the only ways to really do that. I mean, even video can be so edited and produced that people don't always feel like it's authentic. You don't get that. When you go live, it is authentic. And I think that that really just appeals to people in a whole different way.
0: I think so. Your story is so powerful because Gift Biz listeners, just think of it. If you could have that type of a relationship with people who are watching that you don't even know yet, but feel that they know you so well, automatically walks the path down to them buying your product and being interested. And I think that's the whole thing about live. Bobby, that's a great example. You're talking about it in relation to showing up at an event, people coming up and feeling That you're approachable because you're so friendly. Obviously, it comes across in your voice. We know that. But feeling comfortable even coming up and saying hi to you. Have you seen a lot of those people come and start using your services?
1: You know, not in that particular environment because we're not reaching out to my audience there. But in all reality, yes, because it builds our brand in the local community in a really strong way. I'm very recognizable because I get that visibility in front of a huge audience. So yes, in a roundabout way, it has because it just helps build our brand and make us known. We're reaching out to a different demographic through that. But at the end of the day, the more people see you, the more they get to know you, the more they feel like you're in their network the more you're going to build your personal and business brand. And ultimately, that's going to lead to a better bottom line.
0: Absolutely. I want to start getting really tactical here. I specifically was interested in having you come back on the show, Bobby, right now, because everyone is so concerned about holiday sales. A lot of the craft shows aren't going to be happening. If they are happening in person, there's severe social distancing. So the number of people that are able to come into the shows, I mean, at six feet, I don't don't mean to say it differently than that, but people who are able to come into the shows, the whole crowd is different. And a lot of people just aren't going to come. We're going back to social and relying specifically on social media, just like you've been talking about the pandemic forced us into. But I'd love to start talking about what specifically our listeners could do to help get visibility and then also lead them down towards selling products online through social. This is such an important topic. I'm only going to take a quick time out for you to hear from our sponsor.
2: Yes! It's possible. Increase your sales without adding a single customer. How you ask? By offering personalization with your products. Wrap a cake box with a ribbon saying, Happy 30th birthday, Annie. Or add a special message and date to wedding or party favors for an extra meaningful touch. Where else can you get customization? With a creatively spelled name or find packaging that includes a saying whose meaning is known to a select two. Not only are customers willing to pay for these special touches, they'll tell their friends, and word will spread about your company and products. You can create personalized ribbons and labels in seconds. Make just one or thousands, without waiting weeks or having to spend money to order yards and yards. Print words in any language or font. Add logos, images, even photos. Perfect for branding or adding ingredient and flavor labels too. For more information, go to theribbonprintcompany.com.
1: So let me share a few things I've been thinking about for this industry. One, I always try to find silver linings in every challenge that I see. And one of the things about the times that we're in right now is, I feel while there's a ton of competition, everybody's buying online, and this has almost been kind of an opportunity for everybody to start on a level playing ground. There is tremendous opportunity out there for crafters and makers and bakers and all of those people, because everybody's pretty much got the same tools to work with at this particular moment. No one's going in the big stores as much either. But one thing I think that businesses really need to focus on right now is understanding what has changed with your audience over the last year. If you haven't done it recently, make sure you're diving into your insights and analytics and taking a really good look at what's changed. So Facebook and Instagram have been telling us for months that they have not only seen an increased use in their apps, but that the times that people are using them is completely been flipped upside down from maybe the strategy we were using nine months ago or a year ago. Even primetime TV, which used to be what later in the evening has become like in the middle of the day because everybody's home. We really need to look at that first and see if there's any adjustments we need to make and when we're reaching out to people, when we're creating content, make sure we know where our audience is spending time and what time they're there so that we can strategically post to get the most visibility. That's one thing I think everybody needs to do just because there's been so many changes that have taken place.
0: Okay, I have a question with insights. Sure. When I look at my insights, it always goes up right when I'm posting. If I have something that's going out at 11 o'clock, for example, my insights go up. Is that because I'm posting so people are looking at it right away? Like if I were to have posted instead at 9 a.m., would my insights have gone up at 9 instead? I'm not
1: sure exactly what you're looking at, but that's really interesting, Sue. There is definitely the opportunity to kind of train your audience when you're putting content up there and I know that you have a very engaged audience. I don't know if that's necessarily true for everybody though. We primarily look at our audience not in necessarily in relation to our content, but when are they active? What days are they active on social and what times are they most active? And then we kind of decide to post our content a little bit before that time so it's been floating there for half hour, an hour before we expect the majority of people to log in. It shouldn't be tied to your direct content, though. So those analytics should really be based on what Facebook and Instagram knows about their audience's usage of the app. That's an interesting exercise to kind of play with, though, because a lot of this stuff is we're kind of guessing and testing all the time.
0: (laughs) All the time. And I will also say I've also used some of the, is it an Instagram app? When is the right time to post?
1: Actually, in a lot of third-party apps that help you with scheduling, have things like that built in as well, where they kind of examine your profile really quickly and make a recommendation.
0: might actually be that because I looked at that and then coordinated along with that, that that's why it's coinciding together too. That could be. But very interesting, if you haven't looked at your insights for a while... Or if you've never looked at your insights, Bobby, which is probably many of our <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> if you have never done it, I highly recommend you put a little spot in your calendar at least once a month. To do a little audit of these things, because we need to know when it's time to shift strategies or understand what's working, because those things can change. And if we're not paying attention, we just may be noticing, hey, sales are down, engagement's down, without really realizing there was a shift somewhere that we could have identified and addressed and kept things moving. So definitely do that every month.
0: And I'm going to take it way back, just because I know there'll be some listeners who will get caught up in this. You see insights if you have a business account. Let's say on Instagram, if you're using Instagram as a personal account, you don't have insights. If you flip your account over to being business, then you'll see insights.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Because some people might go back and look and be like, wait, what? I don't have any.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And for people, there is a new option in Instagram too. So I know for some reason there were people that get all hesitant to switch it to business But you can also switch to a creator account, depending what it is that you do. That kind of lets you maintain that personal brand of your account, but gives you the tools that a business account has. So you could establish a creator account and that doesn't have to directly connect to a business profile on Facebook. So there is that third option now for people who are just maybe for whatever reason, maybe they have a unique business model or they're hesitant to make that switch for some reason. If you switch to creator, you can get access to some of that info.
0: A business account on Instagram can link to a Facebook business page. Correct. A creator account on Instagram stands alone?
1: Yes, it can stand alone. So you don't have to connect that to the business page, but you get the insights, so that you're kind of able to identify. You get more information about your audience. Think of it as a creator, more like an influencer, maybe like a YouTuber type of a thing versus someone in business to sell a product or service.
0: The majority of our people then, because we're product creators, I like to be really tangible and give people direct answers for this. So it's good to know that there's the creator account, but more than likely for the majority of people who are listening here, They would want a business account so they can also then connect it to their Facebook page.
1: Absolutely. Yes. That's how I set up my business account and how I would encourage any business owner to do that that's actually selling something.
0: This is the first step. We're talking about how to put yourself in the best position to capture holiday sales for this season. And we're, what, five weeks away from Christmas if you're listening when this went live. So, first thing, go look at your insights. We're looking at when people are most likely online. To your point, Bobby, we want to then put out content when we have the best opportunity of getting the most eyes on our content. And we're talking all organic right now and we're not talking anything paid.
1: Exactly, right. That's a great organic strategy to get in front of as many people as you can, just out the gate, know where they're at and what time they're on. And then the next thing that I would say is so important, and and this is where things get a little uncomfortable for people that don't like to try new things or get a little hesitant to be in front of the camera, but you have to look at the platforms where your audience is at, and identify really what tools and opportunities are feeding the algorithm. What are they giving preferential treatment to in those platforms that you can leverage to maximize your reach and just basically get in front of people? Right now, I would say that those things, hands down, are live streaming, And that would apply to Facebook and Instagram. Creating content in stories. There is no doubt stories is such a big deal, but only to right now maybe be beaten out by the introduction of Reels in Instagram, who we have noticed Instagram's giving a ton of reach to people creating Reels. The Reels are getting a lot more reach than stories are getting right now. And if you're creating Reels, it's even helping to increase visibility on your profile and your other content. Looking at these new things that are there and saying, okay, it's time to utilize these tools, develop a strategy, figure out how to do it. There's so much that goes into it, but you just can't afford to wait. There's a lot of people sitting at home right now doing everything they can to make their businesses sustainable through to this next year. You've just got to utilize these opportunities. Creating content in reels, stories, and live streaming are absolutely huge.
0: I totally 100% agree with you. For someone who's listening who's never done any of this, that's way overwhelming.
1: No doubt, it really is overwhelming.
0: Prioritize for us. Someone is on Facebook and Instagram, we'll say they have both of the accounts, they have them connected. So if they do Instagram, it jumps over to Facebook. Whether you should or not, that's a whole different conversation. But they've never gone live before. All three of these things have some type of a live component to it. Which one should they start with?
1: I think part of it becomes in where do you feel like you can enter into that space with the most amount of comfort? I feel, for example, Reels is probably way over the head for someone that's never even created Stories. And stories can feel really intimidating if you've really never gotten in front of the camera either because it takes a little bit more creativity. I feel like a more natural progression, but someone feels more comfortable in another space, they can start there. But I feel like starting with a strategy for going live is a good place to start. It's conversational. At this point in the game, we've probably all been on enough Zoom meetings and getting into Messenger and things like that that we're probably a little more comfortable doing a live streaming scenario where we're talking to the camera now in a conversational way, and then figure out what are you going to do there? Are you going to show people how to use your product? Are you going to show off the different maybe value propositions your product has different ways to utilize it, ways to gift it, ways to customize it, whatever it might be, figure out how you can start doing live content that showcases the products that you sell. I think that would be a great place to start. Plus kind of allows you to get in the habit of how do I repurpose some of this live content, maybe pull some quotes out, maybe download it and put it on YouTube. Just kind of spend some time figuring out what you can do with that type of content, how you can get better at it, and then move to the next thing. But I think going into the holidays, at a bare minimum, people got to be creating stories.
0: Live streaming, but also stories for sure.
1: Yeah, also stories for sure. Facebook is telling us that they're seeing a trend where people are watching more story content and less of the newsfeed content. We have to show up where people are spending their time. Every platform out there is launching stories. So it's pretty hard to deny how irresistible they are in terms of viewership. I mean, Facebook has them, Instagram has them, YouTube is testing them, Twitter's testing them, LinkedIn just launched them. Stories are everywhere and we need to make sure we're leveraging that space. Reels probably going to take a little bit more watching, experimenting, learning before people really dive into that, that are maybe feeling hesitant or aren't quite as comfortable, but you've got to embrace stories as part of your strategy right now to drive traffic for the holidays. Plus with all the new tools they've put in the story platforms, people can buy right from you there. You can support small businesses. There's just so many ways to engage people in a story that you really aren't able to do anywhere else, live, regular posts, anything. Stories are a necessity to figure out how to leverage that for your business.
0: Okay, so I have a question on stories now. It used to be that the only people who saw your stories were people who were following you on your account, at least to my way of thinking. Could be wrong, you could correct me there. But now, recently, and I've been doing some testing with this, I'm adding hashtags to my stories to broaden my reach of my stories, but I'm hiding it behind images. So you're not seeing it on the story, but it's spreading. Is that a good idea, bad idea? Talk to me about what I'm doing.
1: (laughs) It's a fantastic idea. Here's the reason why hashtags are so important in our stories is one, people follow hashtags. If we're utilizing hashtags in our story, we have the potential to pop in front of somebody who follows that hashtag, which clearly means there's a like-minded individual and a potential new follower. If we're doing a good job of making sure they're relatable to our content that we're sharing. That's a great reason to get hashtags in there is it does get us found. It does help our content get found in search as well. Even if someone doesn't follow the hashtag, they could come across our story based on the hashtags that we're utilizing. So great strategy, hiding them behind photos is awesome. You can use, I believe, up to 13 hashtags in a story. Some of the ways you can hide them, like you said, hide them behind an image. You can also use the color picker in your colors and make your hashtag blend into the background. So if you have a blue sky, grab the color picker, make your hashtag blue. People won't even see it in the backdrop. There's definitely ways to do it. One thing that was being taught a lot about a year or so ago was to reduce the size of it so it was so small you couldn't see it. But I've been told that the algorithm is identifying that. So we don't want to shrink them too small. Your strategy of hiding them is definitely a better idea. Utilizing hashtags is great. Another thing you can be doing in your stories to get more visibility is using tags. Create notifications every chance that you can in your story. Because even for big brands, they might get shown. As an example, we were talking about messenger bots in our story a couple weeks ago, and we tagged ManyChat, huge messenger marketing platform. We're partners with ManyChat, but I mean, they're gigantic. But because we tagged them, they shared our story into their story, allowing us then to connect with a whole bunch of other individuals that create bots that are in the digital marketing space, because now we got seen by many chats audience of hundreds of thousands versus ours, which is much smaller. So utilizing hashtags and tags to create notifications is a great way to expand your reach and even get that content shared.
0: Okay, perfect. Ideas for us in our creative space. You know how I talk about how behind the scenes, everyone wants to know what's going on. They're curious about how you make your product, etc. You could tag the providers of some of the elements of your product, the little pieces and parts of what you make, where you're getting them from. You could tag the tools that are used. Maybe it's a Cricut or a ribbon printer (laughs) or different types of things like that. You might tag, if you're talking about colors and branding, maybe you even tag... Crayola or Pantone or who knows what. But so it's not just what your product is. It could be the elements of your product. And I love this idea, Bobby, in terms of expanded visibility. I'm not doing this enough. So I'm taking this on.
1: I loved when you said the ribbon printer of what a great way for you to generate content. I mean, it's just such a win-win for everybody when you do that. I know when you think about that, if people are tagging the ribbon printer in their content, That's an easy share for you. Why wouldn't you want to put that on your story? Shows how other people are using your products and their story. It's a positive, basically, recommendation for a product that you've got. It's a win-win for everybody. I love that strategy. And you'd be surprised, even the big brands will share your content, especially if you're being really intentional about kind of staging what shows up in your story. You create the opportunity to do that tagging.
0: Well, and that's the thing, too, though. It has to relate to what you're showing, because I got to tell you, Bobby, I get super frustrated when people tag me about something and the story has nothing to do with me. Right. I've seen that a lot, and that makes me mad.
1: It makes me mad, too. And I agree, and I see that as well. Again, we've got to think about how are we engaging our audience. Now, if it was something I thought you'd be really interested in and tagged you, then the opportunity for you to be like, this is so cool. I want to share this might be there. But if it doesn't really genuinely authentically do that, yeah, none of us can afford to be upsetting people in the inbox these days.
0: Or if you tag, I don't know how many tags you're allowed to have on a picture, but if there's like 20, 25 tags, I personally am feeling used. It's like all you're doing is using me as a follower for me to share what you've done. Exactly. Just be really careful with that, I guess is my point.
1: Being that you've got an audience that's so similar and everybody's in a similar niche, a better strategy if you're really looking for people to help you promote is create a small social network of friends that you can create a group of in platforms like Instagram or Facebook. And maybe name them like your social media team and help share with each other, but have a strategy for it. Like how can we help each other and we can all drop our content in this group. And if it's relevant for your audience, you can go share it, but have an understanding and build a little team that's willing to do that with you that makes sense versus a strategy like that, that just upsets people.
0: I think the big thing is think of the receiver on the other end and does it make sense? The other thing that I'm thinking of with stories that I want to make mention of here, I mean, stories is for visibility. Stories can also be for sharing content from others. Let's say you have a customer or someone who you've worked with and you want to share what they've done. You can take, and Bobby, you can probably say it better than I can, but a picture from their feed and share it to your story. So you can help other people, maybe their customers, someone in your chamber maybe that you want to support, and you can share their products in your stories too to give them more visibility and then goes from there. Can you say that better, Bobby?
1: (laughs) And you know what? There are just days when people just don't know what they want to share. And I love strategies like that on days when you're feeling that way. Like I just don't feel creative. I don't have my own content for whatever we all know how days can be to say, okay, I'm gonna go and today I wanna go share my five favorite businesses and then you can go to identify those people you wanna share and now there's a theme to your story or I went out and I found my five favorite quotes of the day and you share those. You can also do that with your own content. Anytime we post something into our Instagram feed, we share it into our stories to maximize visibility for our own content. A great strategy, if you're putting up an Instagram post, Share that post into your story, then create a couple more segments to add a little bit more context or value or ask your audience some questions. So every post you put up is an opportunity to get a story started as well, or you can go share it from other people's feeds or if they allow you to from their stories also.
0: One of my favorite little parts is where you can link at mention them, but show a business's Instagram account and it shows the first three photos of their feed.
1: No. I don't know
0: what you're talking about. You totally do. I'm not explaining it right. You go to, it's the support small business. It's the one that has the business, the sticker.
1: Oh yeah, the sticker.
0: The sticker, yeah, and the sticker. That's my favorite one because it adds a little bit of additional flavor to your story because it pulls in. Well, you can click it. Sometimes if you click it, it just shows the name, but you click it again and it shows the first three posts of their feed. I love that one.
1: (laughs) Okay, got you. Yes. I mean, the stickers that Instagram has launched since we went into this pandemic have been amazing. I mean, really such valuable tools.
0: Do you feel there's advantage to trying to blend some of your content with a trending stickers?
1: I definitely think that that's a great strategy. And here's the reason. We need to engage people in order to create relationships. One of the things I love about stories is all these opportunities to ask open-ended questions, ask people polls, use a countdown sticker to create a notification for something that's going to happen in the future. It really is giving us such great ways to engage. What I enjoy even more, again, jumping back to those analytics, if you look at your story analytics before your story expires, so you've got to dive in there before that 24 hours hits, it shows you the names of every people that have watched the story, who's engaged, who hit the stickers. Some of those stickers give you the opportunity to share them back with just a click into your story. There's just so many ways to learn from your audience, let them know you're paying attention and then there's also in the analytics the opportunity to reach right out with a direct message which in my opinion is magic in social media and the most underused tool really in social media is using direct messages to actually create relationships with people. If you see someone popping up on your story and you don't know who they are, and day after day they're watching, why wouldn't you reach out and say, hey, I've noticed you've been watching and I want you to know how much I appreciate it. And is there content I can create? Or is there something you're looking for? How can I add more value to this relationship? Whatever it might be, you just took someone from a casual viewer to a loyal customer just by taking that five seconds to create a relationship. So, I think people need to be using that tool and really using those analytics to identify those people on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I mean, I go so far as to blocking out 15 or 20 minutes a day, which seems small, but I can get a lot done then and going in and specifically only direct messaging on Instagram. So if new people are following me, I'll go look at their account. And if they relate to what I'm doing, or if I find interest, I might follow them back. But if I don't follow them back, I still might DM them and say, hey, whatever my comments are, or I have a question about their product or something like that. And I've developed so many relationships doing that. And it's not, hey, come buy my stuff.
1: Right. It's genuine relationships. Again, it all leads to people buying your stuff or recommending that someone else do that. We've just got to create those relationships first. And I think for a long time, we were so focused on content creation that sometimes we forget what our real purpose is in these platforms. And it's never to sell because nobody goes to these platforms with the intention of buying things they go there to either be entertained or informed or to feel connection and to build relationships. We need to know that even as businesses, that's really our primary job in that specific space. We do a good job at it, then we can sell to people. But they've gotta like us and feel connected to us first.
0: And the thing that's so great about that, we're all worried about being too salesy. This is a way of building relationships, forming bonds, finding areas of commonality, that naturally then lead to product sales if it's right. Exactly. Because sometimes you build relationships with people and you're not going to use their product. And that's fine, too. But they can support you in other ways. They can share your product with others. You know, there's lots of ways you can collaborate right now, Bobby, within the group. And GiftBiz listeners who are part of GiftBiz Biz Breeze, that my Facebook group, you already know this, So many people right now are reaching out to each other to do live shopping shows so that it's not just one person taking control of the Facebook Live. They're doing it together.
1: And how much more interesting is that to the viewers then? They're really thinking about what would make this appealing and bring people on. That's so smart.
0: And it's not one person being really anxious about being live. You've got a couple people coming on together, and their audiences then are blending too.
1: Right. I was going to say for promotion, every new person you bring on, you bring their audience with them. So that's a great idea.
0: This has just started happening naturally. It's a beautiful thing to see. I love it.
1: Love it. Yeah, I love that.
0: (laughs) So, all right, let's move on to reels for a second. I got to tell you, I am sick and tired of seeing people pointing. (laughs) It was really cool in the beginning, but I'm kind of over it.
1: (laughs) I agree with you. There's a lot of that going on. Interesting, though, a couple interesting things about Reels. For one, I personally do not feel like Instagram has really even come close to making this a very user friendly space to use. Just as an example, my account doesn't have access to music, and I manage a lot of business accounts, and a lot of them don't. So I can't even create a Reel in Instagram reels. I can't create it there because I don't have access to the music to actually make that happen. I'm still in a position where I either have to use a video editor to create my reel and then upload it into Instagram. Or what I prefer to do is create my content in TikTok, who has mastered this short form video concept. I'll create it over there, download it, and then upload it into Instagram Reels. So they have a little bit of work to do. However, that being said, I would recommend that, first of all, people really start watching Reels, see what it's all about. Go over to TikTok and watch what's being created on TikTok. My daughters, who are younger millennials right now, they're, you know, one's a young mom, one's a young professional. They're like really into their crafting right now, like learning those skills that I think you develop at that creative younger age. And they constantly watch how-tos and craft videos and recipes and things on TikTok. There's a huge space there. Jump in there and watch what people are doing. And there's nothing wrong with starting to replicate those things, but using your own voice and your own personality and your own branding. And then as you're kind of watching, you'll start to understand what it's all about, what kind of content's being created. But here's what I do love about Reels. If you go into the explore tab, the discover tab, basically in Instagram, that little search magnifying glass, each post that gets put up or each video occupies a little square, but the reels are given two squares. Anyone creating reels is giving double the real estate in the explore tab so that people are seeing that content. They're just giving a lot more attention to reels creators right now. So If you really want to take advantage of this opportunity that won't exist forever, because once more people are creating content, they won't be able to give this kind of attention to this sort of content. Now is a great time to start learning and testing how to do it. And listen, we all stink at the things we first do the first time we do them. I'm sure if I went back and watched my first live stream, I'd probably be mortified, (laughs) but that's okay. We get better over time. It's new to just about everybody right now. So dive in there and just start experimenting a little bit because they're giving so much attention to that content. So that's one of the things I do love about it.
0: Yeah. If you're at the point, like Bobby just said, live streaming first, you know, don't try and capture everything right now because then you'll probably do nothing. But if you've already been live streaming, you're already doing stories and you haven't started Reels, this makes total sense to me. And I agree with you, Bobby. I'm still in the stage where I'm watching what other people are doing and trying to decide what my messaging should be on Reels. But what I'm seeing mostly the value I get out of Reels is when someone's teaching me something I didn't know. Some hidden thing within Instagram or some of the entertaining things like the dancing and all of that I'm also enjoying just from entertainment standpoint. But you can, in 15, now 30 seconds, really share some valuable information that someone can use. It's really helpful.
1: It is. And it's creative. And you know what? You have a creative audience. They should be able to really wrap their head kind of around, how do I make this unique and fun? And that's really what gets people attention is, one, be consistent and just keep showing up. But use that creative aspect of what you do to make your brand and your videos a little bit unique. I wanna circle back to what you said about seeing everybody pointing to those little text bubbles. And I do wanna say one of the reasons you're seeing so much of that is the algorithms do give, again, preferential treatment to things that are trending and the songs that get used in those types of reels get more attention. They're getting more search. They're showing it to more people because it's a trending song or hashtag.
0: I don't like this, Bobby.
1: I know. (laughs) And so like you see the same thing over, like how many times have you, I can't even tell you how many videos I've seen to Fleetwood Mac in the last week (laughs) because people are utilizing that because it's trending and it gets them a whole lot more attention by utilizing a trending song. So that's maybe one of the downfalls right now. And maybe as the platform builds out, gets more users and more Content that'll shift a little bit, but right now everybody jumps on a trend, which in a way is almost a good thing while this platform's young. Because if you don't know what to do there, just do what everybody else is doing, and it's actually
0: perfectly
1: acceptable, <laughs> and will actually get you more reach.
0: That I do agree with. And if that's the way you are able to start doing something on Reels, then go for it.
1: Right. It's, yeah, it's a good way to just sort of dive in and be like, well, this is what everybody's doing. Let's do it.
0: I don't know if I'm going to do it now that I've said all that about the pointing, because <laughs> I'm going to get calls like, ah, uh, Sue.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, they're a lot of work. When we first went into lockdown, I started making some TikTok videos out of sheer boredom and holy cow, you could spend an hour making a 30 second little video. It can definitely suck you in. So go into it with a strategy or you're going to find yourself just being having time sucked away from you like you can't imagine.
0: So a strategy, what would my audience like to see? How can I deliver it? Have the whole plan first before you go in there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you said a few minutes ago, know what you're going to do in that space. I mean, I have a personal TikTok that I've just been playing on. We just opened a TikTok that we haven't even made a video yet that Jenna, who is our social media director at Think Big a Local, and I are going to create TikTok videos there. But we had to open that one going, OK, this is our business TikTok. What are we going to do here? It's going to obviously be very different than what we do in other places, but the value proposition can't be that different. What are we known for? Why do people follow us? And how can we deliver that in these little segments in a totally different way than we're doing it anywhere else? So you've got to go into it knowing that or you're just going to end up being lost.
0: I think this is a really good point too, Bobby. because if you're going into it with business intent, you want more followers who are going to want to relate to you, follow your brand, ultimately purchase whatever it is that you offer. Just getting millions of viewers on a platform doesn't really necessarily serve that purpose. So you've got to be putting up content that people are going to be interested in that lead to you.
1: Exactly.
0: Which doesn't mean you don't do some things personal because people want to know who's behind the brand too.
1: Oh sure, and ours is gonna be personal and it's gonna be fun and knowing Jenna and I, we're gonna dance and be silly. However, people need to know that if they're gonna follow us, it's not just for dances that other people created that we're replicating, it's because we're figuring out how to offer value by teaching in that platform. And if we can do it in a fun way, yay for us. But yeah, know what people are coming to you for. Because if you don't deliver that, they're never going to sign up for your course, buy your product, do any of those things if they didn't come up to you to have that value delivered. They were just having fun watching you. They're not your ideal client. We need to attract our ideal clients in these spaces.
0: Absolutely. Did I get us off balance with the things that you think specifically we should be doing? The first was going to your insights, checking to see what's changed, and then adjusting your plan accordingly, and then doing what the algorithm favors, which is all live. So we're talking streaming, stories, and reels. Yep. Was there more after this?
1: I had put create notifications, and then I was going to say, talk just briefly about mentioning if you sell a product, you've got to set up Facebook and Instagram shops. So that would be my last thing.
0: And it's actually a good point because you can't be talking about what they could purchase and not having a way for them, people to get there. How do you feel about this if you have an opinion? I know that there are still a lot of people, I see them on both platforms, where they say DM me if you're interested in buying. And that's it. So there's really no place for you to go and buy online.
1: And definitely there's a strategy to that. I see that a lot of times people will go live, especially people that have unique products where there's only one of them. And basically it's like the first person to DM me, pay. I see that happening. And I guess for some business models, maybe that works. But I also feel like there's people that find that a little bit more invasive and maybe feel a little uncomfortable and that you potentially could lose buyers because people maybe don't want to reach out in that personal way. Unless they've been following you for a long time, maybe they'd be really comfortable.
0: Yeah. And I guess it depends with your audience, too. You know, if someone's DMing you, then you have the whole thing of, okay, I'll send you an invoice, (laughs) you know, like it's all that back and forth versus click purchase done. Right. It's coming.
1: Right, exactly. Now that Messenger has changed so much, I'm even like starting to go, holy cow, I open Messenger, I'm getting the notification in Facebook, and I don't even know where my messages are coming from the last couple days.
0: Talk about that. We haven't discussed the merging of all of that yet. So share with everybody what you're talking about.
1: This is another thing that I think people need to really pay attention to in the coming year is the changes that Facebook's making to Messenger. So they've been talking about it for years. We've been really excited about what is now taking place because we build Messenger bots and think it's a really amazing technology. But what Facebook has basically done is they are now making Messenger the crux of all of their direct messaging in all of their family of apps. So right now, Facebook and Instagram are fully integrated into Messenger. They are also gonna be opening up the Instagram API, meaning if you have a Messenger bot that maybe manages customer service or takes registrations for events or however you might be using that technology, you're now not just limited to utilizing that in Facebook and Messenger, but you're gonna be able to use it in Instagram as well. Messenger is really going to become a massive tool, not just for messaging, for bringing people into rooms. You can now watch content together in Messenger, But you can integrate all these tools to help your sales funnel really flow in a different way. We're really excited about it. You can answer your messages from everywhere. So if you're on your desktop, if you're in Facebook, the Messenger app stands on its own. Facebook is bringing in messages from Facebook and Instagram and allowing you to respond from there, create content for both. It's really pretty exciting, all of the features that they have been rolling out. I think we're going to be seeing people using Messenger more and more as Facebook continues to expand upon it. I mean, at this point, you don't even need to use Zoom. You can use Messenger rooms and it's a great way to bring people into a conversation, you know, in a platform they're already using and comfortable with. So really tons of opportunity in Messenger and you should definitely paying attention to all of the new features that they're rolling out in that space and utilize them.
0: Not so much in the U.S., but WhatsApp is part of that as well.
1: Right. They do own WhatsApp. They have not integrated fully to WhatsApp yet, but that is also coming. They've been doing a lot of work in WhatsApp, and right now some of it's kind of sitting independently, but eventually that's going to all integrate it into Messenger.
0: I mean, the overall theme here clearly is easier communication, easier contact, easier communication with each other, and deepening relationships because that's what it's all about. All we've been talking about here, Bobby, (laughs) this whole time. Yeah. I mean, it started out with how can people bring in more business and sales this holiday season? And it comes back to the same thing, which is first of all, getting seen, then building relationships and then taking them deeper. Right then walks the road down to connections, collaborations, and sales.
1: Right. And when we talk about taking people deeper, I mean, we just cannot ignore everything Facebook and Instagram have done to make it easier for us to sell in their platforms, like setting up a Facebook shop, selling from Instagram posts. I mean, all of these tools that make the shopping experience absolutely seamless, not just for the user, but even for the business is so valuable, especially around the holidays, and especially during a time when we just aren't that comfortable going into the stores. And you know what? I mean, I'm not exactly sure what retail is going to look like on Black Friday, but I know that a ton of stores have already said they won't even be opening, that they're not going to open on that day, they're not going to deal with the crowds and try to figure out how do we do that shopping experience in a safe way. Maybe looking at just what is Black Friday going to look like and making that your focus for I need to get these Facebook shops set up and I need to do something different this year. Take advantage of the tools that we're being given in the space that everybody's spending their time in.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And if any of you don't know how to set up your Facebook shop, jump over to Gift Biz Unwrapped. We talk about all of that there. Have a course for you. Super easy way to set up and sell. Bobby, this has been phenomenal. I appreciate so much all of your information. Where can someone go to get more learning from you? You've been talking earlier about all of the classes that you've had. Where could someone go if they want more direction on how to go live, doing reels, all the things that you offer?
1: You can find all of that information on the training page on our website, which is thinkbiggolocal.com. You can also find us in all the social media platforms. Our handle everywhere is at Think Big, Go Local. Send us a message in any platform and we will get back to you with any more information. And then finally, we do have a private Facebook group where all we do is share the latest information on things that are changing in social media, new tools that small business owners need to utilize. And you can find an invite to join that on our Think Big Go Local Facebook page. It's called Bobby B's Social Media Clambake. It's a little beach party we have on a daily basis just to make sure small business owners know what's changing in social media so they can focus on the things that they're experts in and have a resource to come and figure out how they might need to shift strategies.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time here. I appreciate the extension to join your group, look at your courses. You offer so much value.
1: Thank you so much, Sue. And I hope everybody has a fantastic holiday season and that everybody really gets the opportunity to end the year strong and that 2020 brings better things.
0: (laughs) Here's to that. Thank you, Bobby, for challenging me this week. I love having people push back on my thoughts and make me consider something new. How convincing was she? Well, you need to go to my Instagram account at giftbizunwrapped to see if I am now doing reels. Did Bobby convince you to do something different? Up your game online in some way? If so, tag me so I can see. On tap for next week, we're talking with a longtime business owner who goes through the evolution of her business. But that's not why I'm going to tell you to listen. She has some things to say about Pinterest that you don't want to miss. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. If you'd like to show support for the podcast, please leave a rating and review. That means the world to me and helps the show get seen by more makers. It's a great way to pay it forward. And now, be safe and well, and I'll see you again next week for another episode of the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. I want to make sure you're familiar with my free Facebook group called Gift Biz Breeze. It's a place where we all gather and are a community to support each other. I've got a really fun post in there that's my favorite of the week, I have to say, where I invite all of you to share what you're doing, to show pictures of your product, to show what you're working on for the week, to get reaction from other people and just for fun because we all get to see the wonderful products that everybody in the community is making my favorite post every single week, without doubt. Wait, what? Aren't you part of the group already? If not, make sure to jump over to Facebook and search for the group Gift Biz Breeze. Don't delay. Come join us in Gift Biz Breeze today.